Welcome to the Next Level Brands podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on the Next Level Brands podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands, and providers of online and in-person courses, workshops, and webinars for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. Have you ever considered working with a coach in your business, someone with years of experience in consumer goods and retail sales and marketing? There are limited opportunities now available. Details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com, what you need to know to grow. This is Steve Clare. I'm your host. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about not only the challenges of being an entrepreneur, but also what topics in the nutrition world today, cognitive nutrition, literally brain food. My guest today is Dr. Gerald Horn, and Dr. Horn is the founder of Brain Fuel, the cerebral better-for-you beverage designed to fuel the brain to respond effortlessly with increased focus, alertness, and productivity. Currently the co-medical director at LASIK Plus Chicago, Dr. Horn's background lies in ophthalmology, pharmaceutical science, and disruptive drug development. Having committed his 40-year career to maximizing the health benefits of modern science and medicine, Dr. Horn invented the eye-whitening drop Lumify that in one year became a number one seller and number one doctor recommended and went on to develop liquid vision to temporarily restore reading vision without glasses or contact lenses. Welcome to the show, Dr. Horn. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. A quick <laughs> little, a little caveat. I don't want to take full credit for Lumify because Bausch Healthcare crushed it with their branding, their marketing. You know, I can't, you know, I did invent, you know, I came up with the idea and the concept. Uh, but, but nevertheless, and our, our reading drops in a phase three trial, so I don't want to make the FDA mad at me, but nevertheless, thank you for that nice introduction. No, no, no problem. I do it. And, and I should let our audience know, by the way, that uh, Dr. Horn, like many of us is, is, is traveling on and joining us today, actually from in between planes at the airport. So if you hear something in the background that sounds like an airport, that's because that's where he is. Um, so Let's uh, let me ask you real quick, which is cognitive nutrition is has gotten incredibly hot over the last couple of years. Um, we've always known the brain needed nutrients. The brain fed off of something, not always the good things or the right things. But where has this science now come from and, and what role is developing a product for it play? That's a great question. I, I think what you should do is think about me as a nerdy guy. Yeah. And so I, I'm not really an industry guy who's trying to track changing an ingredient and, and, and hoping to call it more cerebral. That's not me. So I'm looking at this from a very high level, let's call it 20,000 feet above, and looking at what happens when you put caffeine in water, then in an energy drink with some amino acids, what happens in coffee, and what happens in brain fuel. And there's, to me, brain fuel is an evolution, and it has to do with basic principles that rely that revolve around what happens when you have a stimulant. And Adderall's a stimulant, caffeine is a stimulant. No tropics use caffeine. Energy drinks use caffeine. Coffee uses caffeine. We all know the experience is all over the place. Some people get wired, some people get jittery, some people crash. When you use a stimulant, you're commanding your cells to fire faster. And if you outstrip what it needs to do that, I call that the metabolic support, you sputter, for lack of a better way to say it. That's where the wired feeling comes from. This is a very interesting journey for me as a pharmaceutical guy. Not that this is not a pharmaceutical product, but from my, from my world and way of thinking, it turns out 
using caffeine properly is the same thing as trying to figure out how to support your brain and body to be healthy every single day, Steve, because every time your brain gets tired, it's called oxidative stress. It got overheated and the brain overheats easily, even without caffeine. 20% of our oxygen consumption is coming from using our brain and it's 2% of our body weight. So the evolution of brain fuel was me as a LASIK surgeon playing with it for fun. I wasn't thinking I was doing anything with it. I'm like, okay, it's a stimulant. Let me support it. First of all, it needs fuel. It needs a short release, a medium release, a long release. Second, how can I make caffeine work better? Well, the evolution of caffeine isn't into an energy drink. It's into a coffee bean. And how is that, and how is that evolved, right? Right. And, and, and in green tea, and if you were to look at them scientifically, they're called chlorogenic acids in coffee and ferulic acid and caffeic acid. And in green tea, they're called catechins. They're some of the greatest antioxidants known in nature. And antioxidants put out the fire. So there's a huge backdrop here of what happens every decade of our lives, every day of our lives. When we're breathing, that oxygen has to turn into energy and our body has trouble doing it cleanly. That's what oxidative stress means. Right. Oxygen doesn't burn cleanly. Brain fuel has four blends to deal with that, first and foremost, to support caffeine. But then long after the caffeine's gone, the other blends and the antioxidants I call nootropic stacks are supporting your brain and its ability to stay cool and function. So, all right. So, doctor, uh, why a beverage as opposed to a pill, an energy bar, a granola, a pancake mix? What? I mean, what? Why, why the beverage? I think I could have done brain fuel as a pancake mix. <laughs> I'm not sure that would be too ideal because I don't like the, the high glycemic syrup in a pancake <laughs> mix. Yeah. And, and, and in an ootropic, you can't get enough good stuff to support it well. I mean, how big can your pill be? I have, I have, I have okay. 12 ounces of nutrition-packed ingredients. You know, you can get an energy drink for 12 cents an ounce. And some of that is the can. Some of that's the advertising. We can't do brain fuel for 12 cents an ounce. It's too much good stuff in it. So you need to give a fuel blend that in our, in our case, hydrolyzed collagen, MCTs, D-ribose is a low glycemic sugar. Then you have to have the green coffee bean. You have to have the green tea. We have zinc. We have, um, we have beetroot powder. We have creatine. We have L-theanine. You just can't pack that into a little thimble. Right. I got, yeah, too much, too much stuff needs to be in there. Um, you, you spoke earlier about with Lumify of going with, um, you know, somebody like Bosch, um, you know, uh, why not license this to an already established beverage company? Why did you decide to do it on your own? Um, my gut reaction to that would be the same reaction I've had in my 15 years on the pharmaceutical side. The reality of evolution of anything, Steve, doesn't start with me claiming it's great. Everybody claims their product is great. So. <laughs> Why would a giant company, you know, the way it works on the pharmaceutical side is very similar to the CPG side, right? When you develop a new drug, like our, our, our reading drop, which is very disruptive, right? Right. The big pharmaceutical companies will jump all over it after our phase three trial. Maybe, <laughs> maybe even we'll prefer to start selling it ourselves. That's where the big returns are. You don't want to, you can't even, you can't even scale or get the attention the, the large companies have to brand and market. They need a product that's ready to scale. Right. So it's always the, the um, startups 
that put in the year or two or more. I think it took bank four years to scale. So yeah. and th that's typical. So it's our job. We're at the intersection of what is known today, which is not brain fuel. What's known today is coffees, energy drinks, and nootropics. What's on the fence are the functional better for you beverages of which we're one. And because of the pandemic, there's a lot of attention to them. And a lot of people are paying attention to us, but we're not ready for the big companies yet. And they're not ready for us. And that's how it should be. And when I did, when I did Lumify, it took me a while to get to Bausch Healthcare, which is a big pharmaceutical company. They didn't jump right away. It took more data. It took more time. That's how it should be. And from a CPG perspective, um, did you, you know, once you were going through formulas and whatever, you did some testing for efficacy, you did other stuff. How did you go about getting to the point where you could say, okay, now I'm, I can manufacture this stuff. And oh, by the way, I'm probably gonna have to find a co-manufacturer or either that, or I've got to buy a factory. How'd that work? That, that, the, the harder part was deciding, this was not a thought I had to get into the CPG space. It's much, in, in the pharma space, it's much easier for me because my exit is after FDA data. Right. Right. I, yeah. I'm not trying to brand it. I'm not trying. I named I named Lumify Lumines, but I'm not really trying to be in that world. And on the CPG side, what happened was the aha moment. I'm a very busy LASIK surgeon. I've been doing it for 20 years. I, I work 11 hour days. I'm used to my lane. I come home and after dinner, I'm not social on a Friday or Saturday and I'm just too tired. And as I played with this, literally that went away. I I, the best way for me to know how good brain fuel was on the days I needed it. On the days I didn't need it, it was just good. But right. on the days I needed it, I didn't crash anymore. I didn't get that fatigue where I couldn't really be myself. And when that happened, I'm like, okay, all these theories I had about metabolic support, et cetera, were crazily working. You don't expect every theory to work, right? And so I had on the pharma side, one of these great, luminary famous ophthalmologist who's not going to BS me. He's on my board of one of our pharma company. I go, Kobe, you got to try this. Kobe's, he went crazy. So, you know, there's a certain universe of people that have tried this one called it holy water. Now I've had people try it and say, yeah, it's okay. If you don't need it and you're, you know, you got a light day, you're not going to find out how well it can keep your brain from getting tired. Right. So right. as it evolved, the PLC testing, was so dramatically supportive, basically said, this is kind of disruptive like our eye whitening drop was. We're doing something different because caffeine isn't just what's in a drink and in coffee. And if it isn't me, five or 10 years from now, somebody else is gonna make it work better. Now, you you mentioned about the you know fast, fast release, medium, slow release, whatever. So uh, considering our audience is mostly layman, can you explain a little bit about how that works? Did you do it with different ingredients or did you do it with ingredients in such a form that they simply don't release earlier? How does that work? So I think what I'd rather call it is long duration. Okay. Because extended release is kind of an FDA claim. I'm not ready to make an FDA Sorry, claim. Right. Sorry, right. Yeah, yeah. So I would say it has a long duration of effect in almost everybody. Right. One reason is it has a lot of caffeine in it because it's so well supported it could. So it's like a jumbo jet with a lot of fuel. But what I would say to you is this, even if you're a lay person, think about what happens when you drink something like coffee. You drink it, it goes into your stomach. It stays there for how long? I get to control that. What I put in my beverage decides how long it stays in your stomach. 
Right. That, okay. I, we don't we don't have to get into how, but that's not hard. It's the consumption part. It's most, part of it. Part of it. Yeah. And most of the absorption occurs after your stomach. So I can slow it down. That's one part of it. Number two, you can sort of tie it up. Why does caffeine in coffee kind of hit you differently? Typically, then if, if I took 100 milligrams of caffeine in water, that was the first thing I did. It made me sick. Yeah. And, okay. and 360 milligrams in brain fuel is beautiful. It's like it's like a slow launch of energy that ramps up and just stays with me all day. So so I would say there's other aspects to this because what's in a coffee bean evolved for a reason. Animals that graze got a better experience than they would have if they sucked up an energy drink. Nothing against an energy drink, by the way. It right. has a different purpose has a different purpose. So all of these ingredients, I call it an allotropic super stack. They integrate with each other for a reason. We want what's in a coffee bean. Why did a coffee bean evolve to not just have caffeine in it? It's not like a coincidence here. So I took the best of what's in coffee without the coffee base. And that's part of it. So uh, at this point, actually, you're you're very early stage. Um, Where are you in that process right now in terms of consumer you know, cons- consumers begin to get to a point where they can try it. Yeah, yeah. We, we launched about six weeks ago. We have an Amazon uh, 1PL, 3PL situation, which means we've uh, got uh, several purchase orders with a major, major uh, Amazon fulfillment partner. So it's also on Amazon. We have a pilot trial with a major drug chain. We've had a tremendous amount of interest and people have tried it. There's a high reorder rate already, but it's early. And you know, what, right. what, what, I've, what I've been told is, if you can get an Amazon in the first two weeks, you got 25 orders, you're doing really well because no one's heard of it yet and there's no reviews. That's right. And in, our first few weeks, in our first few weeks, we got hundreds and hundreds of orders in the first couple of weeks. So and our reorder rate is off the charts too. So we love where we're at and we're doing all the things that startups should do. Scale up on social media, scale up so that you know your SEO is optimized. Um, right now, it's more important to make sure the product is as perfect as it could be, identify our best target. And that's hard because we have poker players like renowned, right. like like the go to poker. Right. And we have UFC fighters that are fighting in major championships, loving Brainfield. We have a couple NFL players. So there is a story here where I'm not saying if a thousand people tried Brainfield, they'd all have the same experience, but a lot of people are having my experience. And we should have mentioned at the top of the show, we didn't. Brain fuel is not spelled immediately like you think it is, right? So yes. it's, it's B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L. So correct. if you want to look for it, look for it under the correct spelling. Thank you. And delicious flavors. It tastes amazingly good considering it's got so many healthy. The healthier things are, the harder it is to make them taste good. Did, did you pick, doctor, did you pick the brain fuel spelling because... Brain fuel, the other way was not available? Is that- it isn't that it wasn't available. First, there's two sides to it. How medical do we really want to be? I'm already medical. It's in my DNA. All my podcasts are medical. My blogs are medical. There's a lot of medical description of the ingredients. It's almost too medical. And also, brain is too common. There's right. a zillion products with brain in them. We have to be distinct. We are distinct. We are unique. So the spelling needs to be unique. It grows on you. It took me a while to decide. I liked it and I love it. <laughs> that works, works out well. So um, in terms of, of packaging and stuff, did you did you go through a testing process to say, hey, I'm going to do eight ounces, 12 ounces? Or was that based on efficaciousness or was that based on, hey, I can get 
these bottles in this size? Well, it's a super question, Steve. I could have picked a range of, uh, of volumes for the product and um, a less volume is cheaper to ship, but the public likes 12 ounces. You know, right, we right. are in a world where caffeine and an energy drink tends to be at least 12 ounces. A cup of coffee, it could be eight ounces, but if you go to more of a bullet coffee or super coffee, you're usually in 12. You know, why would we want to uh, swim upstream on that one? 12 seems to be popular, and it's a nice volume to get all our ingredients mixed well. Gets them together. So um, with obviously with Amazon and, and, and working with that, one of the great things about Amazon is, is you get tremendous feedback pretty quickly, um, and you get analytics from day one that you can dive into. So I don't, I don't know how deep you may have looked into them at this point or whatever, but target audience, are we talking, are we talking NFL players? Are we talking, are we talking long distance runners? Are we talking about LASIK surgeons? Who's, who's the brain fuel audience? Okay. It's great. Another great question. Just, just to be clear, my Amazon fulfillment partner didn't get product as quickly as we did on our website. So most of my data, the, the hundreds and hundreds of orders I've had, right. we have shop, we have Shopify data, but it's the same question. Sure. The number one target is an intersection of Gen Zers who want to perform at a high level. If you took that intersection, they crush it. They love it. A lot of them used to take Adderall. They were, they were prescribed it. You know, the, the, this generation of kids in college now, everybody was on Adderall in high school and they hate it. They hate it. It rips them up. Right. And to them, I've had a lot of kids tell me it's like Adderall without the side effects to them. So yeah. we, this, the Gen Zers that want to really, what I'm seeing is people in college now, it's, a, it's more competitive even than it used to be. They're really grinding. They're trying to live their life doing a ton of things, they notice the difference. And they're not afraid of caffeine either. So it's a great intersection for us. Yes, I have LASIK surgeons, by the way. They send me pictures all the time now, you know, I, in their uh, laser suites, you know, drinking brain fuel. I have a bunch of those. Yes, I do. And I have uh, some goats of poker we're going to introduce in a couple weeks. Uh, and, and I have a UFC fighter that's fighting in March. But the, the real if this is really a differentiated way to experience caffeine, obviously it can cross over into a lot of places. What's going to make it take more time is the older you are, if you look at it on a macro scale of marketing, the older you are, the more you're afraid you are of caffeine, as you should be, because the stigma is based on what has preceded how we're trying to use it, right? If right, you took right. it in an energy drink, you probably have the most brittle combination of, yes, you get the high and then you get the low. And with coffee, it's a little more mellowed out. So, but nevertheless, you're, you're told only have a couple of cups of coffee. Some people have heard when you roast coffee, there's some bad stuff that's in it too. So you have a whole universe here that I don't want to have to retrain to think we're a new brand. I don't want to be a new brand. I want to have evolved from coffee, from energy drinks, from nootropics. There's something in each of those in brain fuel. And that, yeah, and that, a good, a good tactic to, uh, good tactic to do that for sure. Um, in the different configurations, different flavors, how'd you come up with that? You know, that had a lot to do with uh, Ernie Monatsala, our CMO. He was with some other companies, and he said, you know, Thrive Ice has always been good. Peach Mango's always been good. A lot of people like a punch, you know. And Limitless Berry gives you a tart option, so people tend to be happier if there's some fruit flavor in something that's got so many healthy ingredients. It right. masks. It masks those ingredients pretty 
pretty darn nicely. Um, and so, you know, I think that's what we started with and that's evolved to be some pretty darn good flavors. Yeah, absolutely. So if, by the way, if folks want to get more information, what's the website, doctor? So it is www.brinfuel.com. Hit shop and buy a couple 12 packs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Looks like fun. So um, do, you, do you guys have a right now a plan for retail? Or are you going to work D2C for a while to get some numbers? Well, okay, here's the truth. We've had the privilege of talking to some luminaries on the bar side of this equation that crushed it. Some of them are from Chicago. Right. And their, st their story resonated with us. And the story was, find your target. Theirs was CrossFit. Spend some time there. Don't rush to expand and scale. It's the biggest mistake most companies make. But don't blow off opportunity either. So we're doing both of those things. So we're doing our pilot with probably one of the biggest chains in the country. That's happening in a couple of weeks. They're planning to scale us into, you know, over a thousand of their healthier brand stores. Ah. And that would be a very good segue for us, right? That's right. what we're ready for. And let's, let's nail all that down and grow from there. I'm not trying to grow, you know, uh, if when we, you think about what I told you for a beverage to establish itself takes a couple of years. Uh, we want to do everything in the right way. Make sure the, also the pricing, the cogs, the flavor is it really as great as we think it is. If I have to tweak it, we'll tweak it. So we're doing a bunch of things, I think, right. I think our, our, uh, our, our, our big chain pilot's going to go really well from what I can tell so far. They're very excited about us. And I think that'll be a nice, you know, first six months for us. That should, that, yeah, that, that should be good. And it's, it's also, it's nice to, um, again, nice to be able to get a little bit of traction in the direct-to-consumer so that you can, you know, basically – all right, I, I think I know where that that intersection is or where that audience lies. But in fact, I can look at this, I can look at who's buying and I can say, oh no, absolutely that's where it lies. And well, that's a huge, yeah. a huge, um, huge advantage. I was actually talking with somebody this morning about that with Amazon now versus launching a product 20 years ago when you could do focus groups and stuff to get that information, but you couldn't walk into somebody and say, hey, here's who's buying it. And here's their demographic, here's their psychographic, here's whatever. Um, that part is fun. And the second part is, is that a lot of established brands that are now looking at that all of a sudden realize that they've been missing their target audience for the last 10 years. <laughs> it's, it's, well, not, it's a totally different audience than they thought. So yeah, yeah. Audience, well, the audiences change quickly, right? The brand, brand loyalty is, is not where it's at right now. Not in this space. No, no, particularly not. What, um, I mean, when you were actually you know, working on this, we were obviously in the middle of pandemic. What effect did the pandemic have on either your business plans or do you think on your target audience? After I had really, you know, first of all, as a pharma guy, when I tweak ingredients, my rationale is every ingredient affects every other one. So it takes a long time to go through every little change and see what affects everything else. That took me a year and a half. Once I felt it was really nailed down, literally, we had this great flavor house in Chicago that I wanted to use. I was supposed to drop off my samples on a Monday and that weekend they closed because of the pandemic. <laughs> and that, that was back in April. It took me till December to launch because not only did I have to find another great flavor house, right? Because I found one that opened up a little sooner. Try to get the bottles you want. They're all being used for hand sanitizer. Oh, of course. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so but I think there was, uh, there was some upside there. Uh, you know, we got a chance to 
kick the tires on some things a little differently and, and get to talk to more pandemically motivated um, distributors and, 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 and chains that wanted to look at healthier, better for functional, better for you became much hotter. Yes. And oh, so, absolutely. Yep. so yeah, anyway, so that, that did delay our launch considerably. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I think also the the idea of um, what people are putting into their bodies now, again, there's this heightened awareness, uh, whether good or bad, but it's like, I'm going to read the label. I want it to have some type of function, you know, before I, before I go to purchase. Uh, I think that's a segmented reality. I mean, I think, look, I'm going to tell you, Monster did something really great. They made it taste great. Right. There's something to be said for even me, even you probably, Steve, we love things that taste great. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, there, there's a healthier intersection here in society. But my gut is if you really want health, look at your cost per ounce. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, it, if there's a lot of it and it doesn't cost very much money, it's probably. No, no. At 10 cents an ounce, I'm not sure what you got. But, but I would say if it doesn't taste good, you don't have a product. It's got to taste pretty darn good. So I'm excited about our ability to. That, honestly, I think the greatest development challenge was putting all these ingredients together in a way that stayed nice and smooth and you didn't taste them individually, et cetera. It was a lot harder than you think because there's a lot more in here. You could right. take products on the market right now, one that just has hydrolyzed collagen, like vital proteins. Yep. And you could take another that just has beetroot powder. Those are entire products. We have all kinds of what used to be individual products in one. How, how hard was it to find a, a co-manufacturer? It was lucky. It was more lucky. It was, it wasn't as hard as it was potentially hard because the busy ones are going 24 seven. They don't have yeah. time for a little startup like us. <laughs> no. We got lucky. We got lucky with one that works with a lot of startups, loves what we're doing, wants to scale with us. Uh, they've actually even um, um, made some changes in their plant to be able to work with us more efficiently. So, awesome. and, you know, you, you have to get a little lucky sometimes. And I think, um, I think startups find a way. I mean, you can find people out there, but uh, also a lot dependent on where we're going to flash pasteurize this, where we're going to heat it. Uh, were we willing to put some preservatives in it? Preservatives are an interesting story here. I don't have much. By using some preservatives and not having to heat it, we're one of the only brands that really gives you an incredible antioxidant rush. I mean, you have it from the coffee bean, from the green yep. tea, from the vitamin C, the E, the beetroot powder, the L-theanine. And if I heated it, you compromise all that because you lose a lot of that. So we made that decision, which allowed us to work with different comands coincidentally. Right, right. You can do that. Um, let me ask you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, and that is, um, I know the FDA is very busy with other things at the moment, but um, anything in formulation or whatever, is the FDA looking at any of the products or additives or anything you're using for regulation or who knows? Well, no, no, I wouldn't say who knows. You know, we, we first of all, the better place to me to, to the litmus test for that first is look at the licensing agencies for professional sports and what they will, uh, you know, uh, uh, allow, right? Because right. every major sport uses something like uh, Banned Substance Control Group is one. Yep. And so we've uh, had our product already tested there. There's nothing but healthy stuff in here. There's no banned ingredients in our product. So that's one thing. So everything in brain fuel is out there in a supplement or in another beverage or in some kind of coffee. It's very similar, Steve, to the over-the-counter space on the FDA side. And there, the yeah. difference between that and a prescription drug is 
all the ingredients you get in the drugstore over the counter, they live in the same sandbox. Every company has access to the, let's say, thousands of ingredients there. It's up to us to find unique combinations and concentrations. Very similar on the CPG side. Right. Absolutely. That really works. Um, and uh, I should ask you, you're, you're, you're not going to come out with the CBD version, are you, by any chance? <laughs> so listen, I, I had my knees replaced and I really did think CBD was useful for me. Yep. I'm not a big, I'm not, I think CBD's got a tremendous, listen, I'm not, a, I hope it scales. I hope it's healthy. There's so much hype behind CBD and oh, yeah. it's not, it's not my lane of interest. If I was going to do line extensions here, it isn't where I'd go. No, excellent. Well, listen, hey, I, I appreciate uh, appreciate you taking the time with us, especially in the middle of your journey and stuff, um, because audience is basically fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, we like to find out some information, a little background, but, but you've already done this a couple of times in terms of launching products, but this one is unique. What, was the, what do you think was the single biggest challenge you had in doing it and how'd you get around it? I think they're all unique and they all have the same challenge. The first thing is, when I started doing this, I was just, even though I'm a physician, it doesn't give me the right to invent drugs. So the first thing is you got to have a passion. You got to be excited to do it. And I said on day one, I don't care if I ever make a drug, if I ever succeed, I like what I'm doing. And that actually, the very first thing I developed was called Nixol. That's part of an IPO and Occupier 15 years later. And when I did uh, what became Lumify, I got turned down for three years. So from my perspective, the biggest challenge is don't be intimidated by everyone telling you you can't succeed. You're not supposed to think you can succeed because this universe is pixel by pixel owned, like you're competing for acres of land that are all <laughs> gold mines. You have to fight your way in there and not be afraid and have confidence in what you're doing. Yep, I agree. <laughs> it's it's not easy. It's not an no. easy. You want an easy no. industry? I can recommend several of them for you. So I understand, but the ch the chances to make a change in society are huge, and and right. nothing happens if you want um, knee jerk satisfaction. You're in the wrong place. I mean, the, most success doesn't come overnight. I mean, with if, especially if it's not gimmicky, it takes it takes commitment, conviction. Uh, you have to prove yourself. Get it. the more track record you get, the more belief you have. We're doing a study on 100 subjects right now on six cognitive variables comparing brain field, you know, to other things. So ah. we, we're going to evolve our story. We're going to have some really well-known people telling this story, a lot more happening, you know, on the web. And I think six months from now, a lot of people will know a lot more about brain field. That's excellent. Well, we, we want to make sure everybody, again, it's www.b-r-o-o-e-i-f-u-e-l. And you can find Thank that. you. You can also find it, and that's in, in, in brainfuel.com. You can also find it on Amazon, of course. And what we'll do is six months, we'll have you come back and Love you can it. tell us how all this went. It'd be great. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us today, Doc. And thanks to everybody else for joining us on the Next Level Brands podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational resource for CPG entrepreneurs and emerging brands. Kitchen to Shelf is also the sponsor of Words to Grow By collection of great advice and inspiration from guests who've appeared on the Next Level Podcast. So if you need some weekly counsel from fellow founders and industry leaders, try Words to Grow By from Kitchen to Shelf, available on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and free subscription at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. This is Steve Clear, and we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands Podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next.com 
with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.